The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is... Ayo Josh, let me, ayo Josh, let me, ayo Josh, let me, ayo Josh, let me get a little bit of reverb. Yeah. J Will. Yeah, I'm about that lifestyle. I talk green work, repping it all over. It's right on the t-shirt. Been for a lifetime. Yeah, that's a long pass. Figure I would show some love right on the podcast. Turn this up loud and make sure you don't do nothing else. Cause if you're listening to us, then you're improving your health. My name is Jay Will. Welcome to the show, yeah. Wrestle, flow, 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 yeah. Welcome everyone to Wrestling Reverb. I am Josh. Kevin is here as well. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing fantastic. I actually, you know, I, I will I will admit that the reason that I uh, was a little late to the call was I was taking a nap. Ah, I love a good nap. I do love. I know. I mix, I did, the only thing was it was an unplanned nap. Uh, I wasn't anticipating laying down and taking a nap, but you know, sometimes sleep just catches up with you. Yes, I I know all too well about taking a nice unplanned nap. Not complaining. I love a good nap. Um, I was going to say speaking of naps, but it's the opposite of naps when you listen to our very. We got a very special guest today. We got a guest on Reverb. It's not just me and Kevin. Um, it's kind of tradition around here to let you introduce yourself because we are just. I like to let listen to people put themselves over. It's fun. Um, so please introduce yourself to everybody here today. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I don't know about the opposite of naps. That actually might be pretty accurate, all things considered. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what's up? My name is Connor. I also go by the online name of OK Fabe. I do uh, my show, which is the Random Wrestling Podcast, which you can catch every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Fight TV. And I've been doing also YouTube for about uh, 10 plus years. I am an old, old fart. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, hey, some people like to say experienced. Would that be <laughs> would that be a better way of putting it? <laughs> a, a seasoned fart? Is that better? If we just say seasoned? Seasoned fart. Hey, man, it's like fine wine. <laughs> um, we are very excited to have you here today. We're, thank you again. Um, I'm going to say that a lot because I just like to say th- I probably am too complimentary and I just am just like always saying thank you. But thank you for taking the time to chat with me and Kevin today. Um Oh, no I, problem. My pleasure to be here. Yeah, I've, I've listened to your stuff and that, and I'm just like, this is cool. You're on Fight TV, which is just amazing, and, and um, you just have a very... It, listen, there's a lot of wrestling podcasters and shows and, and whatever it may be, just in terms of wrestling, and it's hard to be different, but you are certainly different to other people, which is a good thing. So I'm very excited to have you here today. Um, just before we get into our topic... I know it's probably a cliche question, but I seen you tweet about something a couple of hours ago at the time of recording, um, and you were talking about how, like, the Ruthless Aggression era, there's a new documentary series on the network for anyone that doesn't know. It's coming out in a couple of weeks about the Ruthless Aggression era, and you kind of started in the Ruthless Aggression era, same as me. Kevin started in the Ruthless Aggression era as well. We're all Ruthless Aggression era people. That's kind of our time. Um what was it that drew you to love something as weird as wrestling? <laughs> yeah, Josh, I'm going to actually go ahead and jump in there because it looks like our guest has left the call. Oh, awesome. I was obviously recording and I can't I can't see. Um, we'll, we'll get him back. Um, Kevin, you can do your wild thing of, uh, of chatting away because you're very good at just stalling for time. Oh, and I've got so much to say because I just woke up and I feel like there's so many <laughs> well, words. first and um, foremost, off the question, did you see that they're making a new uh, network documentary series on the Yeah, this is news to me, man. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's a whole, I guess it's like the Monday Night Wars series okay. that's on the network, but it's the Ruthless Aggression, aggression Era, which is, mm, that's like my key time. Yeah, I know. Honestly, that, that sounds pretty interesting. I, I, I hadn't caught word of this. Uh, again, I've, you know, I've been out in dreamland for most of the, for a fair couple hours now. 
So I, I missed most of the big news of the day. I do know that uh, one big piece of news that seems to be circulating that I caught earlier this this afternoon was that uh, the um, apparently the network, apparently the WWE is thinking about selling the streaming rights to their pay per views to someone else. Mm, I did see that. We have we have got our um we have got our guest back. Connor is back. We're having technical issues on the on the front today, but hey, it's called technology. It happens. It is it is what it is what it is. Um, Connor, you're back. Um, is everything good on your end to keep keep going along? <laughs> I really hope so. Um, I man, I I tell you. So I, I have a computer. I think I, I was mentioning to you guys right before we got on here. I have a computer that decides to randomly shut down whenever it feels like it. And so I'm like, I'm gonna take a preemptive strike. And I actually shut down and rebooted the computer before we started this. And it still wanted to shut down about 10 seconds into this into this uh, episode. So great on you on that one. Uh, so I think I should be good. Ugh. It's okay. Me and Kevin are great at talking. So if we Kevin's going to be my eyes if you happen to leave the call again. And we'll just stall. It's fine. I don't need it. We're fine. So don't stress too much. But um, off Kevin's question, you probably just heard as you are coming back into the call, it seemed that WWE mm-hmm. may be looking to sell the pay-per-view rights to other streaming services or what it may be. Um, just quickly, before we get into today's topic, um, I know I was yeah. asking about the Ruthless Aggression Era. Thoughts on the documentary series and that, kind of how you got into it. And then um, off of that, what do you think about the news that WWE could be selling pay-per-view rights? Yeah, so um, right before we got on this thing, uh, I did put out a tweet about uh, apparently WWE is doing you know a Ruthless Aggression docu-series, which has me very, very excited because I actually got into wrestling uh, late in the game. I actually got into it around 2000 um, by accident. I, I'll, I'll spare the story for this room for right now. But long story short, I really got into it more like hardcore around 2003, which is just around the time of the Ruthless Aggression era. And so obviously when you have fond memories of when you first started watching wrestling, you're going to idolize it as like the best era in wrestling but i feel like there really wasn't a whole lot put into it you hear countless documentaries and dvds and all these specials about the attitude era and no disrespect to the attitude era it's obviously a very pivotal time for the wrestling business but i'm telling you ruthless aggression you go back and you watch some of those pay-per-views you watch some of those weekly smackdowns and raws man it's such good stuff i mean it's it's insane. I remember I randomly was on the network like a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, I'm gonna put on like a just a, a out of the blue SmackDown from 2002, and um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the, one of the matches was like Rikishi versus Test, and it was incredible. It was like pay per view worthy. I'm like, what? what? How is this possible? Like it, it's a, it's it's a match that like you wouldn't like. Oh, it's just Rikishi versus Test, but like it was so good. Yeah, <laughs> it was that was that era thing. though. Kevin, Kevin, and me have talked about this many times. Kevin, in the fact that I feel like that era was um, maybe like not as like wild and and although some of the stuff was a bit wild from like they were still in that attitude era mode with some things, but yeah. it was kind of ushering in the wrestling we see now. It was like in sprinkles, like we're getting more of the athleticism we see on today's basis within the world of WWE and just wrestling in general, it's much more athletic than it was 20 years ago. Um, so I feel like it was like a transitional era, but it is an era that I look very fondly on. Obviously you do Kevin, you look very fondly on. It's an era we all grew up in. It's an era we all decided to love wrestling and it's my fondest memories of wrestling. The attitude era is great, but it just wasn't something I was too young to even understand what was going on. So, um, it's a fun, it's a fun era. Oh yeah, and I can't wait to. I'm glad it's a docu series too, so it's not just like a one hit thing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, they're gonna, you know, if it's if it's anything like the Monday Night War uh, series that they did on the on the network, I can't wait to hear like the deep divings of stories. I mean, I guess they're also interviewing um, Brian Gewertz, who was the head writer of Raw for a while, yeah. which that's that's gonna be great in and of itself. And Pritchard, and then you know everybody else and all the shenanigans for it. But uh, as far as the other question about the pay per view thing, I don't think WWE is gonna really do that. I mean, if they're gonna sell their pay per view rights, that's taking eyeball 
calls and potential customers away from the network. And if anything, they want to put as much as they can into it, unless they're getting some sort of, you know, crazy Saudi Arabia slash Fox deal for some sort of distribution rights, which I'll be honest, I highly doubt they'd be able to do, um, especially with pay-per-view just in general, pay-per-view companies in general. I don't think are doing that well. I mean, streaming services are where it's at. Yeah. Obviously I'm biased in saying that because I'm on <laughs> fight, but, but, um, but it's true. Like, if you really think about it, like, you know, one of the reasons why, um, like uh, th- things like Netflix, Disney plus even fight and the WWE network are so huge is the on demand factor. And I think that them selling that to a pay-per-view company, it, it it's not, I don't think it's, it's it's a good move in the long run, but um, no. but you know Vince has done crazy stuff in the past. So pay per views are a dying business, I think. Slowly, um, they're a dying business, especially when it comes to wrestling. We're so used to oh, yeah. fight TV, which is used to WWE Network. Kevin, um, question for you: If hypothetically this was to happen and the pay per views were to come off the network, would that make you kind of a bit like, eh, I'm not going to pay for the network. There's really no need if it's just the library that is the WWE. If there's no pay-per-views on it, are you really going to pay for it? I mean, NXT is now technically gone from the network. I know it's kind of uploaded, but it's first on television first. Um, so does it kind of make you a bit like, Ugh, am I going to still pay for, yeah, it, pay for it? It's tough uh, because there is that huge library of goodies that you could just go to and pick whatever you want, whenever you want. But, uh, but, a, huge, uh, but a huge pull for me is the ability to watch live pay-per-views and can and keep up with the story as it's unfolding right now. Now, I, I think that the only way that they're going to take the pay-per-views off the network and give them somewhere else is if a, they lock in a streaming site to have those pay-per-views like a, uh, like a who like yeah, like a fight TV. Sorry, sorry I had a cough there. <laughs> That's, well, fight TV is like the perfect example. If they were to lock in, you know, something like that, as opposed to like a more traditional pay-per-view company, I could see them maybe doing it. But I feel like that's a that's an admission that the network isn't doing what it's supposed to be if they're willing to take pay-per-views off of there. Mm-hmm. I know they had their big quarterly, you know, their earnings meeting or whatever the hell you call it today. I know Vince was on a, a conference call with investors and with journalists, and I know network subscriptions are down, but. I don't think they're down to the point where it's like panic mode time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anything you want to add to that, Connor? Cause I know that with fight and stuff like that, they're great. The international it's like that. Um, you know, if that was to go to a traditional pay-per-view model or, or something, what they used to do, does that make it harder for a global reach that WWE preaches on WWE preaches on their global reach? But if they were to lock in something like fight, is that really necessary when you have the network? Not really. I, I think that just just thinking it from like even like I mean I, again I don't know how much of the inner workings there are with with their relationship and their distribution rights and all that stuff. I don't know that much detail about it, but just from a broad like if you were to pull back and really think of it generally speaking, right? You have to think that if they keep things on the network, there's more money in house for them. Yeah. Generally speaking, so while the the f- fight is is great, n- duh, and and that's a biased <laughs> thing for me to say, but yes, um, it, it but it is a fantastic platform for like other wrestling companies and boxing and MMA to get over. It's 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 really a cool thing, um, especially in you know today's modern day and age. But I don't know how that would work, especially with the on demand feature, because one of the big things that's really big for fight and for any of these things that do live streaming and also on demand is the fact of the on demand feature. So basically, uh, if you ordered a pay per view on fight on your account, you can rewatch it anytime you want. So with the network, if they were to do that, I would have to think there might have to be some sort of like you know, rebuy or, or some sort of like unlimited distribution rights, because think of it this way, if you bought it on fight, you can rewatch it anytime you want and only get certain ones. So it's, it's a, it's a very muddy process is, is basically the end of the day. And I would think with the network numbers being so low, do they risk losing potentially more network numbers in order for ease of access where people could do maybe an a la carte special, or do they restructure the network to try to lure more people into it uh, and boost the sales that way? I would think that just from a business perspective, they would try to keep as many things in their, uh, I guess, the WWE bubble as much as possible. I mean, heck, there was even rumors about a year ago that there was a chance that we might see uh, other promotions. I mean, heck, we saw Evolve. Yeah. 
the 10th anniversary special of Evolve on the network. Yep. So I would just think that while it may be an ease of access and may be better um, for select audiences, I think that for WWE's vested interest, not saying anybody else's, but just theirs, it wouldn't be a smart move to go elsewhere outside of the network. I, I agree with that completely. It's, it's very like, it's just a very like confusing situation. I don't, like we all kind of agreed, I don't personally think it will happen. Um, but it, it's something to talk about, I guess. But from from something that isn't confusing to today's topic, which which is very much not confusing at all, um, is, of course, the women of WWE. Um, we kind of said in our little pre-chat that the ladies are kind of our favorite part, at least in the WWE at the moment. That meaning NXT and, and the quote-unquote main roster of Raw and SmackDown, but just across the board. They're killing it. They have been for the last few years it's, it's great to see them in a spot where it's just becoming wrestling it's not becoming it's not women's wrestling it's just they're just owning it and crushing it and kev me and you have talked so many times about the nxt women's division we're going to talk about that even more today because it's just like my favorite thing in wrestling just hands down is the nxt women's division but um overall before we break things down and go from person to person and have a little jump around to some things when I just talk about the, the the women of WWE, what runs through your mind, Kevin? Um, but the first thing that comes to my mind is how diverse the roster is. How you have you have women from every sort of background, every sort of company. You have the indie darlings. You have the homegrown superstars across all three brands. Uh, you, you you look at superstars like Charlotte, who you know, and Becky. Well, no, not Becky Lynch came from the outside, but you know she's. Someone who has made her name here in WWE, I'd say. Charlotte is a homegrown prospect. Then you have then you have outsiders. You look at the NXT roster. They just a big example. They just signed Mercedes Martinez. They've got Io Shirai. They've got Candice LeRae. All these talented superstars that come from all over the world, all different backgrounds, all sorts of styles of, of wrestling, and all sorts of styles of talking. That you you really they really do have something for everyone just in the women's division. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very diverse women's division. Connor, what do you think when I, I give you the overall landscape of of the women of WWE? Is it something that you're just genuinely like so thrilled that they're finally getting the opportunity just to be like them? Uh, star power. That's the big one for me because you can have a amazing division and you can have and I'm not talking just men or women. I'm talking in general. You could have the best wrestlers the best depth, but if you don't have star power that can be marketable, um, it, it's, it's a, it's a fart in the wind. It's, it just, <laughs> it doesn't matter. And I think that you go, you know, and I'm sure we'll beat this, this horse to death in just this discussion alone. You look at what the women's wrestling was. Heck, they got rid of the women's division for almost a de- like for five years yeah. in WWE. Yeah. They just got rid of it. And now you have, Women who have distinct characteristics, distinct personalities, they have TV time where you're getting at least a match a week, where sometimes you never even got a match on either Raw or SmackDown. Uh, They're beyond the eye candy role, but more importantly, there's marketable stars. There's enough depth in those divisions and diversity, and that's the other big one is diversity. You don't have like three blondes that all wear very scantily clad outfits. You have this woman has this thing, this woman has this thing, this woman has this thing, and different styles that it makes it intriguing enough that you want to watch it it's one thing to say this is important this is why you should be watching this it's another for it to actually have some substance behind it yeah it's it's this one thing to kind of talk the talk it's another thing to walk the walk and i know that's very like cheesy thing to say but it is true like it's easy just to say these things and be like they're so great look at what they're doing and then to actually do it it takes time and it's still it's still a process like it's still we still have some things to think like it it's it's becoming more normalized now, which I love. I want it. I'm glad we're getting all of these first evers pretty much out of the way at this point. There's still a few, but I just want it to just become normal. I don't want to say like women's Hell in a Cell match. I just want it to be a Hell in a Cell match or wh- whatever. You, you kind of get what I'm saying. But let's rewind for a minute here. Um, one of the big moments that I think that kind of, at least for me, it's different for everybody, but me personally was just kind of like, okay, we're starting to become, it's starting to become more equal, was the the women, the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. And that was kind of a moment, at least in the WWE bubble, where I went, 
mm, yes, I know there was moments beforehand that kind of got got us to there, but that was for me like, okay, we're honoring what 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 was, and we've come to what's what's now. And that was kind of a, a big moment. Um, Kevin, first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Was that a moment for you where you're like, okay, this is becoming, it's becoming more, I hate using this word because we they use it to death now, but evolved. <laughs> I remember watching the lead up to, I remember watching the Raw where they announced, they announced the Rumble. And, th- and I felt like really, really good inside about it because, you know, it was just something that we had never seen before. And then we had the match, and the match was fantastic. And yeah, it felt like you know, it felt like we were just seeing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I hate to be a show for the company, but we were seeing the evolution of the women's division. You know, fast forward two years now, and it is normal that we would get the the women's Royal Rumble every year. We get the women's Money in the Bank ladder match every year. We get women's Hell in a Cell matches and Last Man Standing matches, and we get tables match. We get all sorts of gimmick matches, and we get all sorts of things that we had never seen before and that we would never have even dreamed of seeing like six, seven years ago. Yeah, and, and, and what about you? For you, was it, Connor, was it something that you were just like, okay, we're starting to move in the very much in the right direction from the first women's Royal Rumble and, and so forth and so on. I think for me, that was a solidifying, like, okay, this is, this is like real. It's tangible because you can have the women having the same matches as the men, which is all fantastic. I'm all for equality, all for the women kicking each other's asses in the same matches as the men do. Awesome. Um, but you know, money in the bank, you know, uh, Iron Woman, Maiden, whatever they want to call it. Um, those are all like gimmicky stipulations, but the Rumble is kind of one of those institution things that has been around since 1988. It's something that when fans think of the Rumble, you have memories and moments of of classic moments in those rumbles, classic builds going into WrestleMania, the epic moment when the last person gets dumped out of the ro- ring and the crowd erupts knowing that person's on the road to WrestleMania. The rumble has a different level of importance to it compared to, you know, a hell in the cell or a ladder match or an I quit or whatever. And not that those aren't important matches and moments, but something about the rumble just feels like it's an institution. It's a big four. It's, yeah. it's one of the bigger pay-per-views that's been around, uh, the, one of the longest pay-per-views that WWE's had in existence. So when it was announced that the women were going to have an only, not we're not talking like a woman entering in the men's rumble, which has happened three times, but we're talking, we're talking an all female star studded at the time, women's Royal rumble that felt more like a very big, that, that had more gravity to it to me because of the importance and the, and the spectacle and the legacy that the rumble match itself had. Mm. Um, it's almost like the Rumble match itself is bigger than WWE. It's like more eyes are on the Rumble and WrestleMania than any other time. Right. You know, a lot of casual fans that don't watch wrestling watch the Royal Rumble. They know what it is. So to get that and the the two that followed, um, it's it's just becoming more normal, which is which is what we want. So it's pretty it's pretty clear to you know to everyone listening at the moment. All three of us are very just like very much happy that we're in this. We're in this spot we're in now, and we continue to keep growing, um, and again, more normal. But breaking down each roster of women, uh, we'll start with NXT because we'll probably spend the most time on NXT just because it's just across the board a very depth. It's got so much depth. It's got so much personality, so much flavor. There's just so much in the NXT women's division. Connor, I'll start with you. When I say NXT women's division, who's some of the people that come to your brain of just being like, that's my girl. That's the person that's kind of just stealing the attention for me. Ooh, that's tough. Um, that because is it's so really stacked, tough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, with, without going into, before I even get to that though, I'll, I'll just say right off the bat, out of all the women's divisions in WWE, NXT's is the best. And I know oh, that's yeah. kind of obvious. And I know, I know people roll their eyes like, oh, you know, NXT, you know, fanboy, but 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 I mean, we'll get into this when we get into the other ones. But they really do have. I go back to what I said earlier. They have the different unique, distinct characters, the personalities, the traits, and they've been doing an excellent job of truly building, um, you know, different challengers and depth in that division. Reasons for me to care about, you know, like, for example, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, a match that has nothing to do with the women's championship, but yet they're going to have a match at the takeover and 
I cannot wait for that. You know, you can't really get that any on the other rosters. But if I had, I mean, it's really tough because for me right now, it's a tie between Baszler and Ripley. Those are two. I mean, Ripley, I've, I've, was blown away by her performance at the Mae Young Classic. But, man, I, I know a lot of people don't like her, but I love me some Shayna Baszler. Baszler has been killing it yep. as the champion lately. And what for me personally, the reason I like her so much is because she's those one of the she, – to me, she's the type of person who came in and it's like, okay, cool, here's an MMA chick that just comes in and she's going to run roughshod. Oh, yay, W's going to push her because she's MMA. But, like, she got better – defending the title more often like the more she defended it the matches became better even with the same opponent like different times and different finishes and and kind of this different mentality and then to me showed me that she can go the distance i'm like oh yeah it's only a matter of time before she gets to the main roster there's no doubt about that yeah she is someone that um kevin we've talked about shana because a lot of people like you said connor is just a lot of people kind of shit on her a little bit they're not really big fans of her i like the way she wrestles she's different to Absolutely everybody on all three rosters of all the all the uh, women's divisions in WWE. She's just different. She has a different appeal. She wrestles differently. She She's a great talker. Some people don't talk about Shayna Baszler's ability to talk because she's a great talker as well, um, which we're going to get into a, 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 as well within talking. But Kev, who's some of the standouts in your brain for the NXT women's division? Oh, come on, man. You know exactly where I'm going. I know. I just led you right into that question. <laughs> you know I'm, go- you know I'm the card-carrying president of the Tegan Knox fan club? <laughs> yeah, and I made uh, There's, I, a, I, there's I like a card for that? Oh. <laughs> I, I made my own card. <laughs> it's, it's a nice card. Um, Tegan Knox is always going to be number one for me. I just think she's, I, I think she's like such a pure... Baby fan, I think she's so easy to root for. I think that this Dakota Kai feud has been extraordinary, and I want to give a lot of credit to Dakota Kai because I didn't think she could pull off being a heel, but I fucking hate her now. <laughs> so it worked. You've also got, you know, there's so much talent. I love Mercedes Martinez. I think she's going to be a huge player down there. But if I had to pick one other person that I'm avidly rooting for each and every week. I, I really want to see with the championship run. You gotta be Candice LeRae. I think she's been so overlooked down there. It's hard to believe because she's had great matches. She had one of the greatest matches of last year with the Oshirai. But you know, I, I feel like she's still been like as far as a title contender, she's been somewhat overlooked recently. I know she had her shot cha- her shots at Baszler. I thought she was gonna be a more serious contender than she's been. But I, I think she's perfect in the ring, and I think she's also perfect to root for. Yeah, she she is someone that you just want to be like, I'm going for you. You've just got that ultimate babyface appeal. Um, the great thing about this is we're going to use this word a lot when it comes to the NXT Women's Division is that it's stacked. It has a lot of depth. There's so many people that they've, they've actually, instead of just building stars, they've built a division. They've built up everybody. You know, there is obviously front runners and stuff like that, but, you know rewind back to a, the battle royal a few weeks ago and it could have went so many ways it, it, they went with bel-air which is fantastic i think bianca just has a swagger and a presence about her she's just so great but there were so many people that you could have been like that person will win that person can win they've literally built a division um so i guess it's hard to kind of just pinpoint somebody i mean Rhea's is an obvious one to choose because she's the champion and she's had this kind of organic rise to the championship and she's different. She's a badass. She's got a different look and a different style about her. But then there is other people like Belair, like Io Shirai, like Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Mercedes Martinez. The list goes on and on and on. Um, Connor, the NXT women's division, you kind of said it as well as, is it, you know, you said that it is the best women's division in WWE. Um, do you think there is a... I don't know, if you started plucking people away from this, say if they wanted some people on Raw, say if they wanted some people on SmackDown, do you think there's enough depth within the division that they could take two or three people from within this division and it would still be looked at the way we're talking about it? Depending on who they take, yes. I think they could. I think that they have done... a Because my concern was... When Shayna was champion, this was probably like the beginning of 2019. I'm like, well, you know, Asuka was still freshly like gone for a while. I'm like, okay, well, 
you know, we're we're in trouble now because it's like the Shayna show, and there's no really depth in the in the women's division. But they've done a uh, an amazing job the last year alone, giving them the importance of Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, and so many others. Like we just said, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, even on the UK yeah. side, um, Mer- Mercedes Martinez. I think that depending on who you took, um, yes, and I honestly think that's might happen this year um you know i I told you guys before nxt has the strongest women's division and i think that they will see that and i hope they sort of see that after wrestlemania and they kind of shake things up a little bit uh on the raw and smackdown side because it's it's sorely lacking uh some depth in those divisions so but but it depends on who they take if you take let's say um Candice LeRae and maybe Bianca Belair. Yeah, I think they could be fine. You take like Shayna, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, that might be a different different conversation. So it depends on who who they take. If they take more of like the mid the middle of the of the of the division, yes. If they take the top, I don't quite know. It it depends on how they play things out, but I think it could be done. It could be managed. Yeah, I I agree. Kevin, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, if you if you're gonna pick straight from the top of the division, take three or four names out of there, it's always gonna be tough to rebuild, no matter what. Do I think they have the the names waiting in the wings to do it? Sure, I think they've got plenty of potential. You you got women like Zia Lee and Karen Q just underwent more leg surgery, but she'll be back soon. Deanna Parazzo and Chelsea Green are two. I think we're all gonna have to keep an eye on in the year 2020, especially mm. Chelsea Green. They seem to be fully backing her yeah uh, i think they've got the depth to to pull from anywhere on the on the on the roster on the women's roster but it would obviously be a lot tougher if you're gonna pull the ripley's the storms and you know the 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 baslers and at some point though they're, they're gonna do that so you have to be ready for it you know i, I think baslers run is in nxt is almost at an end ripley's the champ so we'll see how long She's there for. I think Tony Storm is someone who's earmarked for the main roster soon too. As soon as she wraps up with NXT UK, hmm. um, I do. I would be reminiscent not to talk about the fact of what just happened on NXT this past week with well, and Raw this week with uh, Rhea showing up on Raw, kind of challenging Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair coming to NXT. Connor, what do you? Some people have mixed feelings on on Charlotte coming into. NXT and, and, you know, being the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble and, and challenging for the NXT Championship. Um, how do you feel on it? I'm a, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a... If we get the potential of Flair and Ripley, I think it would be a fantastic match. It's on a big stage like WrestleMania. But um, how do you feel about the overall scene of that? I think that that is the best case scenario given with Charlotte winning the the women's rumble. And I'm not against Charlotte winning the women's rumble, but like we've seen Charlotte versus Becky. We've seen Charlotte versus Bailey. What else is there for her to do? Yeah. Um, but I also think that what this serves and, and more specifically what happened on NXT this past week, uh, I thought they handled it beautifully, to be honest with you, uh, with the whole Bianca re re Ripley Charlotte thing. Um, they, how do I say this the right way? It it's the best case scenario for Charlotte to do something fresh, new, gives you a high profile match. But more importantly, and I think this is the bigger picture here, it's another way to make NXT look like a main roster brand. Yes, yes, yes. I hundred hundred thousand percent agree. Kevin, question for you in regards to Charlotte Flair, and if we get Charlotte versus Rhea, which looks like we're heading. What happens if Charlotte Flair wins? If Charlotte beats Rhea, I mean, I guess it just... I, I honestly can't see that happening. I, 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 but, I'm but, but game we said that we said that all throughout the ro- ro- Road to Royal ro- Rumble. We said, never count out Charlotte Flair. And everyone was like, eh, she's not going to win. And then Charlotte won. Connor, you probably got that kind of sense of the internet as well as that, you know, Charlotte probably won't win. It was kind of Shayna's Rumble to win. That was kind of the the word around the, the internet, but um, Charlotte won. Can you count out Charlotte Flair? I guess that's a question for both of you. Kevin, continue with your, your saying, but kind of feel free to jump in at any point with the whole Charlotte stuff. Yeah, I mean, if Charlotte wins and she, she's, she's, the, and she's your NXT Women's Champion, I think that just, that just solidifies that literally anything could happen. 
And it makes and, and like to Connor's point, NXT is not a minor league brand if Charlotte Flair is your champion. If they want NXT to be seen as an equal brand on equal footing, then putting the belt on Charlotte might be the way to go. I don't think they will. I think that's going to be a huge feather in Rhea Ripley's cap when she beats Charlotte. But I, I, if the, you know, you're right. You can never count out. You can never count out a Flair. No, I, I didn't think she was going to win the Rumble, and yet here we are. I'm not mad about her winning the Rumble either. You know, I don't care. I, I think that she's a good candidate to win any match she's in. But I, I would be really intrigued to see her as NXT champion. Yeah. Um, Connor, anything you want to add to that? I mean, that that could that could work. And, and the reason I say that could work is because it goes back to my original point. Sh- Charlotte's already beaten everybody on Raw. She's already beaten everybody on SmackDown. Here you have her as the dominant. But I mean, you can't talk about any more of a dominant women's champion on NXT, right? Former NXT women's champion, former Raw women's champion, SmackDown women's champion. She's done every. She's main evented WrestleMania. Yeah. That is a huge mountain to climb. And so what that does at the same time is it creates a huge moment for someone else in NXT to topple and and conquer that mountain. And so. Really, if like if we think about it right, you're, like we were just saying, like you don't really think, oh yeah, Charlotte wasn't gonna win the Rumble, and here we are. If Charlotte loses against Rhea Ripley, now what? Did she go back to Raw? Does yeah. she do SmackDown? Like what? What? What else? I mean, she's been kind of no offense, she's been kind of floating for most of this year anyway. I mean, yeah, she won. She won back the SmackDown Women's Title. Then Bailey got it from her, and then poof, it was just like just randomized, right? Yeah. And then she got shuffled back over to Raw. Charlotte hasn't really done a whole lot, and for someone who has had. Out of everyone on the main roster right now, arguably the, the is the most high prolific women's wrestler uh, in terms of accolades. Maybe having her being NXT champion wouldn't be a bad move. I mean, hell, we saw Balor move over to NXT. That was a huge shocking moment. And Rhea could move over to Raw or SmackDown and like pres- presumably a superstar shakeup. So it it I think honestly, now that I say it out loud. It's probably a better scenario if Charlotte it, wins. It really is. <laughs> I agree. It's nothing, it's nothing It's nothing against Rhea Ripley, but for the bigger picture, and specifically for the purpose of making, again, the illusion, or I shouldn't say illusion, the idea and the perception that NXT is a major third brand, that's the way to go. Yeah. It, it, there's so many more possibilities with Charlotte winning than Rhea. Um, I think we're going to get a great match at WrestleMania if, you know, all things looks like we're getting that, but I I agree with you just in the sense of you think of all the sh- the people Charlotte could work with, all the people that she could help elevate. Um, more eyes on NXT. Hey, it's still it still needs ratings. It still needs more eyes, as many eyes as you can get. Charlotte is a big star. She's arguably one of the biggest female stars, if not one of the biggest stars in the company. Um, she's a very well-known name, obviously, and she's very good at what she does. Accolades-wise, she's a 10-time champion. She's been NXT Women's Champion. I know there's a lot of people saying, like, why would, you know, Charlotte want to be NXT Champion? It's like, well, why wouldn't she want to? It's the it's the division that everybody's talking about, and she thinks that she's the best, so therefore she wants to be the best <laughs> of the best. So I just kind of see it that way. Um, we'll circle back to WrestleMania and stuff soon, but we'll talk about Raw's women's division because, I mean, this is where the difference is with Raw and SmackDown, at least in my mind, then NXT is depth. And um, instead of building a division, they've just kind of built their stars. Obviously, you have Becky Lynch, which is arguably the most popular superstar in the company, man or woman. Um, she's held the championship for a long time now. You know, back last WrestleMania is when she won it in the main event. And she's just kind of beaten everybody um it's it's there's there's not a lot on raw you've got you've got becky you've got charlotte oscar Kyrie, uh sarah logan's on raw uh ruby riot's just come back to raw you've got lana Liv morgan i believe the iconics are on raw but outside of you know there's not a lot of no offense to those those women but it's not like you're going to get you know Lana and Becky Lynch getting a long-term program well you wouldn't think at this stage Kevin um I guess that's the biggest problem here is the lack of depth but is the potential of Shayna Baszler the only way you can get to mania with Becky uh 
I mean, it seems to be it seems to be the way that they're they're tracking. Even though we haven't actually seen anything since Survivor Series between the two, I think I think everyone's putting their 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 chips on Shayna Baszler coming to Raw to challenge Becky Lynch. I would like that. I think that's a fresh matchup for Becky. I think that's a matchup Shayna could win and really put herself over as a dominant force, not just in NXT, but in WWE. Uh, looking at the rest of the roster, I, I really can't see another. There's really not a WrestleMania caliber opponent for Becky on Raw right now. I mean, now they could build somebody up, but it's it's a little late in the game to be just starting to build like a project right now. Whereas Shayna comes with some build behind her and with some mystique about her. So I feel like that's going to be the way they go. Uh, I, I really can't see them doing anything else with Becky at this point. Uh, I think that they would be in a world of trouble if they tried something else. I feel like the backlash would be sort of significant if they tried like anybody else because I think people want Becky and Shane at this point and will pay. What people want, they they bitch about until they get. Yeah, that is true. Uh, what about for you? When I go through Connor, when I go through all these people on Raw, is there anyone really WrestleMania worthy outside of Charlotte Flair or? even Oscar for Becky, is there really anyone else other than Shayna that you could be like, that's WrestleMania? There's only one. I was, I was actually listening very carefully when you were reading through the list because I was thinking the exact same thing. And honestly, there's only one person on that entire list that they could make it a WrestleMania worthy match, but they would have to have start the build back like in December and there would have been and the and and this match has happened already on Raw at least twice um, because of the history of this person, this woman's accolades. But now would be there's no way they could do it now. It's it's way too late to start building things up. Uh, Kyrie Sane, it was the only other Ooh. one I could possibly think of, um, but they've already done the match twice on Raw in build up with Asuka. And they've already had like the like I would have done the tag team match at TLC and had Kyrie start to really overshadow Asuka. And then maybe that would be a good one. Because remember, NXT Women's Champion, Mayon Classic Tournament winner, the inaugural one. There's a lot of accolades there. There's a lot of success. Kyrie hasn't done anything outside of a tag team since she came to the main roster. But it's way too late at this point. But that would be the only one. But um but no, I, I second Kevin's arg argument. There's really not anybody else. Um, and really, when you think of Mania, you want to think of like those high-profile like fantasy like booking matches. And you know, we've seen the tease with Shayna and Becky at at Survivor Series. Everyone obviously gravitated towards that. They're like Becky Bailey, who, uh, and they went yeah. right towards Shayna and uh, and Becky. So it's kind of the way to go. And I think that you know, given the personality of both of them and how well they can talk and how they can sell, that feels like a a big prize fighting match at Mania. But if I had to put a gun in my head and do anybody on the current roster, it'd be Kyrie Sane. But I would have I would have started the build up months ago. You would have to. There would be no other way. Um, you know, that's the only. Hey. Kyrie Sane is was one of the few that has beaten Shayna Baszler. She beat her in the Mayon Classic Finals. She beat her for the NXT Women's Championship. Like Kyrie Sane has has stuff behind her. It's just she hasn't really done, you know, for the last month and a half. I know she's been hurt and and stuff like that. However, she's really just been Oscar's sidekick, which is a shame. They are the women's tag team champions. I mean, that is another thing within the women's division um, on the main roster side of things is that they I don't think they they really know what they what they have with the women's tag team championships it's it's not yeah. like we're building towards a big you know WrestleMania tag team championship match it, because like you look at potentially there's three women's championship matches that are happening at WrestleMania then you got to think the women's battle royal which they'll probably have then you're thinking a, a tag team championship match I'm like that's five matches just on the WrestleMania card I understand WrestleMania goes for like um, three and a half days at this point, but that's still five <laughs> matches. Seriously, that, that's still five matches. You know, you know, it doesn't really add, leave a lot of room for every other match, and then whatever it may be. So it doesn't, you know, the well, way the, the way that it's kind of going is probably they're going to be in the battle royal, both Oscar and Kyrie saying you would think. What I would do personally, and this is just me throwing fantasy booking out there real fast, is I would have Kyrie Sane win the women's uh, battle royal at WrestleMania, tossing Asuka out last, and then have Otis help Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville capture the women's tag team titles, and then have Asuka turn on Kyrie Sane, and there's your program. Oh, look at you go. I mean, look at, like, that's just, like, how simple is that? And sometimes they just avoid the simpleness. But 
I mean, that's I guess that's a, a story for another day. But um, it, it 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 doesn't really seem like there's anything other than Becky and and Shayna at this point on the Raw side. Now on the SmackDown side of things is a whole whole another argument. Um, we've got Bailey as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Obviously, you have Sasha. Then you have Lacey Evans, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross. You've got Carmella, Naomi, Dana Brooke. I believe that's it, unless, forgive me if I'm forgetting anybody. I don't think that, I think Tamina is actually technically a member of SmackDown. Um, other than that, there isn't, the, while SmackDown's women's division is very solid, nothing on that card, outside of maybe Sasha, is WrestleMania worthy other than a multi-women match which my theory is that i think the women's battle royal will end up being for the smackdown women's championship because they have nothing else i know we're kind of building with naomi and, and bailey but hmm. who, who really knows what's going to happen there um i'll start with you connor just because you seem to be you seem to have a little bit of a, a chirp at that idea but um smackdown women's division it's it's good however none of them are like star quality even like alexa bliss who is really fallen down yeah. the hill at this point which is a shame because two years ago she was the top of the division she was the the woman and now she's kind of just there which is i like alexa bliss i'm a fan of bliss but um what do you see for bailey at mania what is there really to do <sighs> yeah it, it's it's got to be sasha i mean it, it's kind of it's really a bummer. And I actually talk about this on my podcast that drops later this week about like the fact that if you really like around the Royal rumble, we kind of generally have an idea of where things are going. Right. But now it's not even a fact of like the rumble or like, it's a matter of what's left. We've seen X, Y, Z, this, and we've seen that in their fourth. And so like anybody else would be either a step back or a rematch. And it's no disrespect to some of the women on there. We, you know, Nikki Cross is very good. Um, Alexa Bliss. I actually sort of like Lacey Evans. Um, but there's not really anything that has a high profile build. To be honest with you, what I it, it's it's kind of bittersweet, but I actually kind of dig that idea that you pitched about a a battle royal for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Or rather, what would be a really fun, unique little twist is have the women's battle royal be for the the right to fight Bailey later in the night. Ah, yeah, that could Ooh. work as well because you have the pre-show and that goes for um, a couple of days as well. So you have the pre-show and then you. <laughs> And then you move on to the main card and, and fight Bailey, or you have the ultimate heel move. Is is if you really want to get it all in the pre-show, you have the battle royal, and Bailey comes out right after and be like, "You got to fight me right now." Um, you could do something like that. That you mm -hmm. know, maybe they will do something. It makes the the battle royals actually mean something other than just getting a silly trophy. That really, both men's and women's, they mean nothing. Really, it's just a a spot to get people on the card, which is fine. Yeah, that's what WrestleMania has I mean, become now is just getting people on. Everyone's got to be booked. That's how they approach WrestleMania, which is, I mean, good and bad. I like people, you know, I like the WrestleMania Mania card to be like people that have earned the spot and that we want to see on the Mania card, other than just being like we're going to see everybody well, at Mania. Right, and they've done they've done the battle royal for a while too. They've done it usually on like pre-show or dark matches, and it was just like the WrestleMania battle royal. And I would be fine with that if they did like a hey, we're doing a men's and women's WrestleMania battle royal, and it's just a fun way to get everybody who wasn't booked on the card to just be you know in the arena, and you know what I mean, like that. That's yeah. fine. It's it's a gimmicky thing. Like we know the purpose of it. It's just it's just for it's like going to a local show and like having everybody in a battle royal. Like it, it's we understand the purpose of it. But when you have things like it's going to be the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, you're putting importance on something that at the end of the day doesn't have a whole lot of importance. Mm -hmm. um, and it and it's, it sucks because I want it to have importance. Um, in fact, I'm trying to remember uh, who won the last one. Braun? Are you talking about the women's or men's? Braun won the men's. Um Mella won the women's battle royal. Mella won the women's. She yeah. eliminated Sarah Logan. That's right. Sarah Logan eliminated Oscar, and then Mella did the whole "I was hiding on the outside of the ring" thing, and then threw her out. Um, they, and they almost made Sarah Logan that night, but they went with Carmella instead, and no one benefited from it. <laughs> and that's my point. And that's my point right there is that nobody could even remember. 
who won for a second. We had to like we had to like think about it for a moment. Is that you know, and there wasn't any significance or importance to it. If it meant like a certain thing, like a spot here or a title shot here or something, at least it'd have a little bit more significance or importance to it. But unfortunately, it doesn't. You know what I think it should be is something I just randomly thought of. You know, if they're not going to make it for a championship shot or something like that. We do have always the the shake-up that comes right after it. Why not the winners of the Battle Royal get to choose what brand they go on? That'd be something cool, something different. I like know? that. Yeah, like, hey, if Mella won last year, right, and she's like, I want to go to NXT, then she gets a free ride. She gets to be the number one draft pick that goes to NXT or something like that. You know, it's, we got to make these Battle Royals actually mean something. Like your idea if it was someone to fight Bailey for the championship later in the night. Let's do that. Let's make it for the title. Let's do something to get these battle royals other than just being nothing, just being a spot on the card. Like, let's, you know, give an incentive for people to watch the pre-show or, or, or to get involved in these in these stories. Um, Kevin, SmackDown Women's title at, at, at uh, WrestleMania. Sasha actually talked about this on Corey Graves' podcast. Um, I saw little snippets of it, and she basically said her dream at WrestleMania this year is to be side-by-side side with Bailey, looking as great as she can in her best outfit, and watching Bailey defeat some loser at WrestleMania. Is this just adding gasoline to the fire at this stage? Are they trying to build oh, towards something? Or is it just... to be working, people. She knows she's a hard worker. She works overtime, Sasha Banks. I... I... I've sold myself so completely on the idea of, of Bailey and Sasha that I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd accept anything else at this point. I like the battle Royal idea though. I think that those battle Royals, do you need to mean something because they, 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 they insist that they do. So let's actually make them mean something. Let's make it for the title. Let's make it for a title shot. Let's make it for something. But I, I do, I'm married to the idea of Bailey, Sasha. It's just at this point, like when are you going to start that story? It is, February already. Uh, that yeah, yeah. Naomi at this stage too. I know Naomi got a lot of love. We talked about that last week, Kevin. Naomi got a lot of love from the outside wrestling world for her appearance at the Royal Rumble, and um, which is they're good that they're capitalizing on that. Do they build Naomi towards WrestleMania? Connor, is that something that you'd be interested in? If they could build Naomi towards the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania, is that a one-on-one Mania match that you would be like? Okay, I'd be down to see this. I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't be against the idea of Bailey versus uh, versus Naomi for the SmackDown Women's Title, but at Mania, I don't know if it would have the same gravity to it. I, agree. I don't think it would have the same importance to it. I think they'll probably do it at the Chamber, and we're probably getting ourselves a Women's Chamber match where the winner faces Bailey at WrestleMania. I almost said SummerSlam at WrestleMania. Um, no, so, so I've got SummerSlam on the brain today. Um, uh, <laughs> Mainly because it's coming to Boston, but anyway, uh, the uh, I, I think they'll probably do a women's elimination chamber match, and Sasha will end up that one. It's like, uh oh, Bailey and Sasha are friends, and they're gonna fight for the title. Wah, wah. Oh, yeah, to be that kind of that kind of stuff. The only thing that scares me about is, uh, Banks and Bailey at Mania is that my favorite match ever in all of wrestling is Takeover Brooklyn between those two, and I just don't think that it's gonna get the same love and and time to develop and everything just happened in that moment it was more than just the match itself it was just the moment it was the it was the culmination of bailey finally winning the championship in nxt and i just don't think it can beat that match that's my that's my no it's that's what i'm scared about is just like i almost don't want to see it because it's just not going to feel as important i know that they can go it's not a matter of fact that they can't go they obviously can it's just it's like i'm hesitant towards that match well no, you're you're right, and and the problem. Well, keep in mind, there's a bunch of different factors that are different. Number one, this was like the first like big high profile women's match in Takeover that they had in NXT. Um, Banks was a killer heel. Bailey was a killer babyface. Bailey hadn't won the big one yet, so it was an emotional thing. So you're not gonna right off the bat, you're not gonna top any of that. But that's why I said, in kind of piggybacking off of your idea, have Banks win the battle royal challenge Bailey that night, have her beat her for the belt, and then you're off to the races in a long-term program, and there's your SmackDown women's uh, main event scene for the next two, three months where you can burn through a couple of those stipulations. Again, the women do. You have a Money in the Bank, I'm sure, not too far in between there, and there you have perfect setup for the long-term. See, that sounds good to me. I'm I'm fine with that. It's just, it's, um, 
yeah, it is, it's a little daunting, I guess. But Mania is shaping up. We're, we're getting into the WrestleMania feel and, and everything like that. But it is, it is, we're freshly into a new year. I know it's been like a whole month now, which has just gone crazy and fast. But um, to kind of end things here, Kevin, starting with you, one woman out of all divisions in WWE, who is one to watch in 2020? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say Tegan Knox. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna just disclaim that right now because that's just kind of like. Even though I do think she's going, she will be a women's champion in the year 2020. I think Diana Prato is someone to watch. I think she's gonna make a huge wave this year. Hmm. I like. I like Diana Prato. She's good. She's got a lot of talent. She's been wrestling for quite a while. She knows what she's doing. Um. What about you, Connor? Wonder watch in 2020 and why. Give me, give me Kaylee Ray. I think she's going to be, I think, I think she, we're starting to see that like the UK division is obviously a, you know, a breeding ground for NXT and then therefore the rest of the, you know, the rest of WWE. And she surprised me a lot. You know, I, I, Rhea Ripley, I feel like she dropped the UK title and bam, she was NXT women's champion. I know there was time in between, but it just felt like it was like an instant trans, you know, instant transfer. But I think that Kaylee Ray She's going to prove herself and showcase herself on the UK side, and then it's just going to grow into the main NXT roster, and she's just going to explode from there. I like that. Um, for me, I'm going a little bit left of field, but Casey Catanzano. I like Casey, and I think she is just someone that can just – she's green. She's very new to this. Uh, don't get me wrong. But I think she's – why she's not going to be champion or anything in 2020, I think a lot more people will be talking about Casey – at the end of the year than they are at the start. So I'm going to go Casey because I just think she has a great babyface appeal. But that that would be mine. But it's been wonderful just to talk about something that we all seem to just genuinely enjoy and, and everything like that. But to really wrap things up, um, something that is getting a lot of attention within women of wrestling, um, something that is a, a little bit... I, I don't want to say less fondly looked at than the WWE's women's division, but a lot of people have their opinions on it, is the AEW women's division. Now, we're just going to go quickly around here and just kind of talk about if you think there is something wrong with it, if you think that there just hasn't been enough attention to it, whatever it may be. Connor, what do you kind of, what is your take on the AEW women's division in comparison to what we've just talked about when there is a lot of depth and and whatever it may be within WWE's women's divisions, what do you think is necessarily wrong or right about the AEW women's division? Have you ever been to a website before and it was and and you had like you, you saw like nothing but like the yellow and black tape and it just said under construction come back soon? Yes. <laughs> that's that's exactly that is exactly how I feel about it. There is talent there. It's no, I'm not saying there isn't talent. I just, you know, and this is, this is AEW in general. I'm not like, I, I know we're talking about the women's division, but this is how my general opinions are about the brand. There's a lot of things they're doing right. And there's a lot of things they are still figuring out. I know a lot of people want to harp and, and, and talk crap about the women's division. I'm not huge on it right now, but I also understand that they're what, four months into, uh, into being on TV, and so they're they're still figuring a lot of things out. So, and and believe it or not, fun fact for some of you may listening, I used to run a wrestling promotion for a while, and so I know how much of a pain it is to book and match and uh, and storyline and try to make everything make sense. And it's and and I'm assuming television is a whole different stratosphere to that. I I'm not being too critical on it now because I understand that there's a lot of things that are still in its infancy. I mean, heck, as far as I know, it looks like the Nightmare Collective is completely done and over with, yeah. but whatever. Um, presumably. But the point is, is that there's talent there. I just think they're still trying their, they're still trying things out and trying new things and figuring out what works and what might work and what might not work. And once I feel like once it gets in like, okay, now we're good. Like once it clicks, it's going to be awesome, but they're still figuring out their identity. They haven't, the big thing that I think they haven't figured out yet. More importantly is who's the face of the division. Yes. Rio's the champion and it's no disrespect to Rio, but they need someone who is a marketable person to represent the division. Then you build from there. Yeah. I agree with you. Under construction would be a great thing. Hey, the NXT women's division wasn't always amazing it took time to even get to the you know the first round of you know Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte and Becky and a bliss and all of that it took a little bit of time from Paige and 
and all of the people within NXT. So it's not like that was just instantly like, we're going and we're just the best thing ever. It, it took time. It took great matches. It took great characters. And, and again, like you said, establishing who is the the kind of centerpiece that you can build around. Um, Kevin, we've talked about the AEW women's division. You know that I have a lot of opinions on AEW. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, yeah, whatever. Everyone knows my kind of take on it. But when we're talking about the women's division, a lot of people seem to have that kind of mentality that it's just bad. Um, I, I definitely agree with Connor. What do you think about uh, the AEW women's division, Kevin? It's, it's not bad. It's just, I don't know. They haven't done anything to really draw me in yet. They've, They've got talent. I just don't think they've utilized it as well as they could. I don't think Rio is the right choice for your first champ. I would have went with Nyla Rose personally. Uh, as a, I, I think you're better off starting with a, like a big a monster heel champ, to, and then you build someone up like a Riho to chase them down. I think that's just better storytelling than, than leading right off the bat with someone like Rio, who's you know. I just she doesn't quite click for me, and I don't know what it is. I don't. I'm not like it's not like a, a thing that you know she's small. I don't care that she's small. My favorite wrestler of all time is Rey Mysterio. He's five six, one sixty five, soaking wet. But, but I think they they are starting to find the face of their division. And as much as I don't like this person, I think they finally figured it out with her. And I think it's Britt Baker. I think turning her heel and having her cut promos on comment on the commentary team and just you know do things where you know I, this week on 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 uh, Dynamite she was you know trying to pull teeth out or whatever I don't, I didn't watch but I think they're figuring it out with her I think she is the one they're trying to position to be the face of the division and I think that is a wise choice. Hmm. I agree completely. I'm I'm. I'm I'm excited for the future of AEW and the, and the women's division in particular, but again, like you said, Connor, under construction would be the would be the best way to put it. It it takes time, and it's gonna take a little bit of time. And maybe in the next four or five months, we can you know think about this again and go, okay, if it's not good now, they really need to start doing something different because it should be it should be it's a gradual process. But um, thank you, Connor, for joining us today because it's been wonderful to talk talk with you and you obviously have a great mind for wrestling and 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 in particular with the women of wwe and aew but um please this is your this is your chance to tell people where they can find you on twitter and all of that where they can find your show and so on so forth the floor is yours well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, I had a blast doing this, and hopefully uh, I haven't uh, burned enough bridges that I can hopefully be back on in a future episode if you guys ever want to <laughs> have course, me. Fingers course. crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. But um, oh, anyway, uh... but you guys can find me on social media. best way to find me is Twitter, at OKFabe, or just go to my website, OKFabe.com, O-K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. Uh, I do the Random Wrestling Podcast every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern over on Fight.tv. That's free, so you can totally sign up and watch it in its all its entirety. Or if you guys are listening to us on the download side, I'm on all major podcasting platforms. Just look for OKFabe or the Random Wrestling Podcast. Sounds good to us. Make sure you go and check him out because he is, obviously, if you liked him in this episode, you like him all the time because Connor's very, very good. I do listen. Um, Kevin, have you got anything that you need to add before we take this home? A couple things. One, you, Connor, you have the silkiest voice I think I've ever heard. It may, it, I feel like I'm being wrapped in a blanket and lulled <laughs> to sleep by your voice. I love it. I mean that in the best way possible. I was going to say, my, my voice is putting you to sleep. <laughs> It's making Kevin, me comfortable. Kevin, we got through this whole time and you just insulted our guests. <laughs> it, oh, you know, <laughs> it's the end of the talk. Say what I want. No, it makes me so fucking comfortable. And that's one. Thank you for coming on. It is always great to have guests on this show, especially when, especially guests like you who have a great wrestling mind, like Josh said, and are willing to come and shoot the shit with us for an hour. Uh, that was that was really fun. Uh, yeah, you opened my mind. You opened my eyes to a couple things too, and I'll definitely keep some. Uh, some thoughts and I'll definitely tune into the podcast to see what else you're spitting about. Uh, as far as me, cause I like to talk about me. Um, I, I, I did, I, I put this in our group chat the other day, Josh, but I'll, I'll say it on, on the podcast though. I'm going to be doing some, uh, some writing work and maybe some, maybe in the future, some on camera work for my local independent promotion, Pennsylvania premier wrestling based out of Hazleton PA. Uh, they've got great talent, great minds over there. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, they're on YouTube. They have a weekly show on YouTube called High Voltage. 
They book great talent, both homegrown and the kind of guys you'd see on TV. They have the headbangers come in later this month. They've had the Blue Meanie. They've had Jack Swagger or Jake Hager, however you may know him. Uh, I'm just really excited to be working with them, and I, I can't wait to get started and can't wait to share some of my work with you guys. Ooh, exciting. Exciting times for Kevin. I have nothing to promote other than uh, please keep listening to the podcast and everything like that. Um, until next Friday, though, please continue to rate this podcast five stars on iTunes. If you're listening on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, all of that cool stuff. I'll have more some, st- some more stuff on YouTube with Josh Plays and everything else that you know that I'm doing. Um, other than that, I'm going to ne- I'm nearly fin- Kevin, by the way, I've nearly finished The Office. I have one more season. It's wow. Kind of, it's kind of sad. I've been watching wow. it for the last three, three weeks pretty much nonstop. All I do is watch The Office. But um, it, it's, it's been a ride. I don't want it to end, so I'm prolonging it as much as I can. But I'm nearly finished, everybody, just for an update. I know everybody's dying to hear my thoughts on The Office. Um, but yes, until next week, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.